wasn't I wasn't convinced it was gonna happen, but uh, we are finally back, ready to roll out another episode of the Point Forward podcast. Tried last week, nope. Site that we use is down. Tried on Sunday, nope. I'm an idiot and my internet doesn't work, but here we are, Tuesday night, firing all cylinders, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, PJ. What's going on? They didn't like our triggered episode. The snowflakes tried to mess with our our internet. They tried to break up our our transmissions. We're still here. We're 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 reporting from a live from a covert bombshell. This is <laughs> this is infowars.com. Planet truth. <laughs> this is not infowars. Uh, Thank Christ, and, uh, it's not. Uh, no. No guests. No, no fake guests NBA today. news. It's just, just us two. Nothing um, but the truth. But hey, we are one week out from the start of the regular season. Oh, thank God! It's been a long road. Although this, it, I must say that the off season went fast, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it just was like one of the, it, like it felt like it. We got through summer league really fast, and then like. There's all sorts of stuff that happened, and then within the last couple of weeks, and it just like it feels like it's been three months since Kyrie got traded, almost now. I mean, like it does feel like it's been. It's a just long time. dragged. It's really like training camp. I feel like has taken twelve months, in and of itself. Like it's just this home stretch of things has really, uh, really dragged on a little bit here. So I mean, to have these the games. That actually kind of sort of matter, and we can actually see see what what we got in store with uh, all these uh, all the shufflings arounds of the league. And speaking of shuffling, while none of these players have switched teams, we did get some extensions signed this week. And you know, if we would have recorded this a few days ago, it definitely would have led with Russ. But I want to lead with Embiid. This this segment is brought to you by Extends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only were they giving us money we'll take your money extends I have no problem doing that um, if our NBA talk lasts for more than four hours download the next podcast it seems reasonable although I'm not sure how many people are going to actually stick with us for four hours I think I think we're oh, gonna, we'd be I, it's, putting out it's, we'd be slinging some not so good tent at the end of that I don't know about that. I will let you know, folks, that you've really just been getting the foreplay for me and all my NBA takes from the first hour, hour 20 we always record these episodes. I start getting real hot and heavy once we get about the two and a half hour mark about talking about basketball. That's when the real stuff starts happening. So, sorry, we're uh, we're just been big tease all this time to all of you, you loyal, loyal listeners. Well, uh, and we love you for it. I can't. Uh, I can't say. I think that we're going to be going, um, going to be going for four hours tonight. But maybe, maybe in a future podcast or something. All night, all night long. Nah, I don't think. Let's uh, let's dive into some of these extensions, man. I want to lead with the Embiid stuff because this is definitely the most. <sighs> polarizing of the extensions i would say um just given Embiid's injury history everybody knows he's had a tough time staying on the course so do you like this do you like the sign for the sixers do you like it for Embiid? yeah i mean it really comes down to i think i mean I, I feel like people aren't like upset with it i think everyone gets why they extended them uh i think it's just the matter of what the final numbers are i mean this contract's really like just the most NFL quarterback type of extension you would give to uh <laughs> that's ever been in NBA circles because it's just like a big number coming out the gate but a lot of people are saying it's pretty incentive laden um more even than like the Gary Harris one like there's just a lot tied to this based on how many games he's going to play and whatnot um so hopefully it turns out to be a pretty team friendly from that perspective, it could work, and then I mean, hopefully, there's those incentives are stuff that, if Embiid does hit his potential, uh, which I mean, we only have 33 games to go off of, 
you you'd like to think that based on that you know 33 game sample size is just one of those things like he's gonna get healthy and we can rock and roll because i mean of all the dudes i would just i would hate if (laughs) i mean i think everyone here is like you just have to be a real scrooge of an nba fan to be rooting against joel Embiid, like being good and being relevant in the league i think he's he's just a lot of what he brings on and off the court you know both is uh something we all would really enjoy and like he's just an entertaining guy um so i'm you know i I think everyone's rooting for him but you can't ignore the injury history and where he's he's been at so far so you know from that perspective i mean it is kind of one of those things you have to hold your breath a little bit hope it works out um you know i'm just like hoping we can get 50 games out of the dude let's start there and then you know kind of work our way up but um because, yeah, it'd be pretty crushing if this was, like, turned into another Greg Monroe situation. I hope it doesn't. I mean, in Greg some ways, I look at, like, Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie got some injuries at the beginning of his career. Like, there was a lot of questions attached to him. Now, I'm comparing a guard with a big man, so it's a very different situation. But, I mean, it's not uh, out of the realm of possibility that he can he can rock and roll and, um, you know, still have a very successful career and, reach that potential that I know we're all hoping he gets to. Yeah, I mean, I think on the plus side, they now have the guy locked up for five years. You have some continuity with a team that has just been in a constant state of flux for the last several years. So he's your building block. And uh, I I think I was listening to Open Floor um, and uh, that podcast. And I forget if it was uh, Andrew Sharp uh, that made the comment, I think, and I was like, well, why do you even why do you tank and try to get top five picks if you're not going to when they pan out sign those guys long terms as building blocks going forward? So, you know, you could you could definitely play devil's advocate with that because Embiid He's Embiid played thirty three games. He's played very, very little game. Yeah, I mean just it hasn't been on the floor. On the flip when he when he has played there's no ceiling for that guy. He's just got to get healthy. So, I mean, you, you take risks on guys like that. I think it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, because the flip side, I, I don't think anyone would be, of like, advocating that they didn't sign him. I just think the numbers that came out yesterday with it, that's where people are more jarred. Cause it's like, oh, we only played 33 games out of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think what everyone's saying is it's, there's just – that number is not really going to be that. It might be something seventy million, or you know, there might be some early outs they can get if he really just can't stay healthy. So, um, but yeah, I think you know, just just from the aspect of the Sixers and what they're doing, I mean, he's been the centerpiece so far. Like he is, I mean, the, been the biggest advocate for the trust the process and all of that. I mean. When you think of the 76ers, like he's the first thing I think of, and a lot of people do with this this new new era for them. So, um, you know, personally, I, I really want him to be a part of it long term. So, hopefully, this is just something we look at in three years and I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad that contract's working out for both sides. Yeah, everyone's rooting for him, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And hey, he's playing five on five, so it's. He's been in worse spots. You know, you just hope that this season he can play 40, 50, uh, 60 games and and be in a better position. I'm just hoping for 50. Let's start we'll start at 50 and we'll we'll see where we get. Did we any other games a bonus? So another note is that we had a definitely stepped up as far as having a an NBA filled weekend this past weekend and may have thrown down our official bets on nba over unders i don't remember where we landed on philly i think it was the over we took the over and that the was ballsy more, over that was more uh was... wanting to root for them to be winning games so just couldn't really couldn't really bring ourselves to be rooting for the under for them but well and i i mean i think a lot of the factor that we took it, at least i was when pushing for it is like I'm willing to bet on them just based on what I've seen, the very early takeaways from preseason, and just knowing that there's so many teams in the East this year. Like, it's going to be a historically bad year. And I just think there's so many teams trying to go the opposite way that, like, Philly is just going to be one of those teams that 
they're they're going to be trying this year for the first time in a while. Um, but I mean, they're a young team, and young teams are inconsistent. I mean, your your T Wolves are as good of an example as any as far as being a team with high expectations going into the year and kind of falling a little short. Um, so we'll we'll see, but um, you know, I wouldn't be. It just yeah, I think theirs was at like forty one and a half. So I mean. I could see him just being around that 500 mark, especially at this East. Like, I don't think that's a crazy, crazy take at this point with the change that's gone on in that conference and everyone going West. No, and it's a big part of that's going to be uh, not only Embiid's health, but Fultz and Simmons. You think if those... Yeah, I mean, Simmons has looked so fire. Been a like, lot of chatter about Simmons. He's, I mean, the little bit, I, I forget what game it was that I was, it's a couple days, you know, now, but dude was slinging the ball. I mean, like, he is, he's a top 10 NBA passer probably right now. I mean, he can make some crazy passes already he, that he people can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, really he's doing things out there that, like, people just don't do in the league. Like, and you don't see that out of rookies. Um, so I mean I, I think that's a, a solid pick and I, I mean it'll be interesting to see how Fultz I'm kind of keeping my t- expectations on Fultz tempered um, since it is going to be kind of a weird situation I think he's going to be playing off ball a lot more than um, maybe people thought on draft night uh, I think a lot of this offense is going to run through Simmons I think he's just a guy that needs the ball in his hands and they're going to just they're going to work with that and I think Fultz has got enough skill set. I mean, people have said, like, he can play off ball, so we're going to see that piece of it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they, they'll they be – I'm going to – they're – I'm really excited for them. Like, I, I think they're they're going to be one of those teams that people are just going to be tuning into um, on a weekly basis at least on League Pass to uh, to see what they're about. I think they're, 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 they're the cult following that everyone's finally – you know, getting to enjoy a little bit of. Yeah, and people are going to be on them well, hot early in the season because yeah. that's the only guaranteed time that everybody's going to be healthy. So. Well, that's what I mean. And, like, I just was thinking about it today, actually. It was like, do you just remember, I mean, like, the 33 games Joel played around, like, the hype around all of those games were, like, was different. Like, the, I just remember, like, the buzz around all of that and just, like, watching him. And he was, like, really the first piece, but... Now that you've got Fultz and Simmons playing, and then like, I mean, bringing in JJ, all this like, it just—I feel like there's just so much positive energy around that team that it. I hope it turns out to be fun. I think it will. And who else is fun? Uh, Russell Westbrook. He's uh, he also sure signed is. himself onto a nice little, nice little deal. Five years, cool, two hundred and seven million, I think, uh, and uh, much deserved. No, yeah, I think they've been offered this a few months prior. No coincidence. Uh, yeah, I think it's been pretty that's a standing offer. Yeah, so uh do you think it's a coincidence that he signed this extension on KD's birthday? I hope so. I mean it you would not shock you hope, me. You hope it's a coincidence or you hope he did it on purpose? I hope he did it on purpose. Yeah. And I kinda think he probably did. Like that just like seems like a rust thing to do. Even if there's like not real like heart, you know, strong beef anymore or anything like that, I think like I could just see him getting some entertainment, like, oh, I'm going to sign this on Katie's birthday and, like, let people just, like, feed in that a little bit. But um, I think it was a 1,000%, <laughs> like, pretty much at this point, like, intentional. Like, it just – I don't feel like in the current NBA that those coincidences just, you know, pop up. That, oh, I haven't Katie's birthday of the day. I, You know, I, I decided to sign a five-year extension with the team that he walked up and left. Yeah, no, I don't – I would put money on the fact that uh, this was this was on purpose. I would bet one percent of Russ's contract. I would like wow. put a bet down that I could get one percent of Russ's contract well, that he did it on purpose. Sure. I don't want to put that money up myself, but if I can get that, I'd be all right with that. Yeah, I uh, I echo that sentiment a hundred percent. But yeah, so this is um this is obviously a huge piece for OKC because. This probably increases their chance of keeping Mello and Paul George going forward, right? Yeah, I mean, Paul George is like, oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a factor. I mean, I think the moves Presti made, like, there's two parts to it. But, you know, one, I think it was, you know, he just made two crazy-ass NBA trades. 
I mean, for what he gave up to get Mello and Paul, I mean, like it's pretty unprecedented. Um, so, I mean, just from that perspective, that for what this team was going to be, even if it was just for a year, is pretty impressive. And and the really, I mean, the one side of it that I initially thought of was that even if it is short term, like he got himself out of a lot of dead contract. I mean, money and guys that really I don't think people are as high on. You know, in Cantor, and you look at Old, Old Depot. Uh, clearing that up, even like if uh, if you don't retain Paul George and, and Melo were to walk, which I don't think will happen, but um, so from that perspective, it like gives them flexibility. Russ and I think it showed Russ that they're committed to winning. So like just off that, like I think just those moves this this off season was was kind of the the guarantee Russ needed to decide to sign here sign their long term plus i mean it's the place you may be able to make the most money and i i mean i can't follow you for trying to take you know <laughs> guaranteeing himself 200 million dollars um you know and and i don't his uh i mean he also signed that his extension with jordan but that wasn't as much money maybe so i like that's one piece of it i wonder if he thought he was gonna get more out of that and he didn't so he's like oh, i should t- definitely take this from OKC, but, I mean, the other side of it, too, would just be that I think him signing definitely as a factor. Um, I for for sure think Melo's going to keep, like, is going to, because he's got an early uh, termination option uh, for next year, but I'd I'd be shocked if he declined that. I think he's definitely going to guarantee himself that money. And I kind of, I, personally, I, I would see Paul George signing a one-on-one after this year. I, I see him signing a year and then having an option and determining, you know, what they do from there. Um, so I, I feel like this at least gives this this core a two-year window in my mind because it just, Paul George is always was saying in Indiana, he just wants to win, wants to compete. Uh, so this is the best situation. I mean, him going to the Lakers, he's not going to be able to do that. Russ isn't going there anymore either, so you can't play that narrative. So they've got the, the the probably the best chance he's got to compete. And I think especially if they end up going deep with the Warriors, like, uh, I mean he would he would get taken through the ring. Like people would just go to town on him if he ended up walking. Yeah. After that, I so think, I mean, well, if he, on the flip, though, I mean, man, like, would you they, agree though? Like a a two year window with it, like, makes some sense. Like, I do. Signs a one and one doesn't do a long term like gets a max and sees what they can do short term. I do think it makes sense to do it that way. It wouldn't wouldn't necessarily surprise me, but uh, if I'm taking a guess as to if I'm putting money on what I think Paul George is doing after this season, even if they were to let's say lose in the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors, my guess is that he's uh, he's going to LA. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to be staying in that small of a market even if he does have a ton of success because there was just too much chatter this offseason about and and how the trade went down with OKC like I, I would think that if more teams had had thought that they could re-sign Paul George after trading him you would have seen a better offer taken from the Pacers uh, the f- maybe but I, I, I in some ways I don't think anyone really saw this OKC thing happening and well, not all of these moves. After no. this offseason, also, I mean, like, the NBA is freaking crazy right now. I mean, the moves that were made in this offseason alone, like, it kind of leaves you to just be like, what is, like, the thing? You know, I just, I feel like a lot of the traditional thinking on some of this is, um, it's kind of blown up at this point. Like, I don't know if people, I don't know if players are necessarily looking at, teams and move in the same way that they were even five years you know just the post lebron decision plus the post kd move i think guys are just trying to figure it out and like and and reform that logic because um yeah if you told me like chris paul wasn't gonna like (laughs) was just gonna get traded and and take his like pick up his option to play one year possibly only with houston like uh, that that alone sounds like a ridiculous thing like something you read on on twitter on reddit and be like that's freaking crazy like no why, why would anyone do that but it happened 
you know so so why wouldn't paul george decide to all this hype around him him being a uh the kind of guy that wants to go to LA, wants to go back west like it's all this lakers talk but i mean what if he just really enjoys playing with russ and mellow out of this like I think, like, the best sales pitch you can almost give in, in some ways with some of these guys is, like, the actual basketball piece of it. I mean, I think there's the, you know, everyone can go live in L.A. in the off season. I know we've talked about that before. Like, that's not a crazy, crazy concept either. Like, just to be in OKC. Um, and, I, I, you know, I think playing with Russ for a year, and like, if it goes well, I feel like Russ can pitch him to, to at least give it like a run with Melo and then, you know, see what yeah, happens. Yeah, man, from I'm there. not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying that I think the most likely outcome is that Paul George is out this season, after this season. Yeah. But, like, I don't think it makes sense for Paul George to go LA unless he knows LeBron's going well, there. And, like, I have a, different, a lot a of doubts. Conversation, my guy, but I. Yeah. I just have a lot of doubts that, like, of LeBron doing that. I, like, don't see that move going down. The more and more I think about it, like it just doesn't make sense to me. So it's too early to say what's going to happen there. I mean, we got to see what happens with the Cavs this season and if they're going to make it to another, make another finals run. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm. You know, we're away from the finals, but looking at things right now, if things play out the way we think things are going to play out, the way that most people think things are going to play out, I could see the Cavs having a better shot this year in the finals against the Warriors than they they did last year even. Um, so crazy things mm. could happen. Um, but uh, LeBron leaving or staying is is too early to say. But, yeah, you're right. If Paul George could go, um, I, I, off the top, I'm not sure. I'm still recovering from this, this last year's free agency. I don't know who's even going to be free agent this next offseason. i got to brush up on that. But, um you know, Paul Paul George is the biggest name. CP3 is going to be on the market too. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few guys you might know. But uh, Russ is not there, and he's with the Thunder long term, and uh, not a surprise. Um, but some people, some people thought he was like, going to LA too. So it's just. Well, that's what I mean. Like people were just sold on him, the idea that him leaving. So like. I thought he, Russ was for sure leaving, so, like, even just this is, like, one of those things, like, well, I don't think any of us know anything. Like, we can't be, like, these guys just think differently. I mean, none of us, um, and none I of think us thought that Paul George was going to be on the Thunder, either. Like, that was not really it. Right, not well, that's what, no, that's what I mean, Zach, like, Zach Lowe or Mello. Zach kind of threw that out as an option a few weeks before it happened, but he was the only one that I heard or read that had thrown that out as a piece. Or Mello being on there. Because it's just like, like the, oh, yeah. what Mello, they got, what they traded Mello and got for him. out of control as well, yeah. Like, I'm just like, the whole thing, and I just, I, in some ways, I just really look at it, and I feel like these, these particular, like, this generation of the NBA, they are thinking about more than just, like, dollars in a lot of ways, and I mean... I think the league has done a pretty good job, in my opinion, of promoting their stars across the board. Um, and I think they've really, within the last like two CBAs, like they've really these smaller market teams, like they're kind of hearing their their concerns and whatnot. I mean, and I think they've they've made some good moves to help give those teams tools to keep guys, but also I just mean like in general, just promoting the those teams too. I mean. Like I mean, Oklahoma City's have a ton of primetime games. Um, I mean, just across the board, there's like a ton. I mean, Milwaukee's going to get a ton of love this year, um, and that's a, never been a big, uh, you know, destination or, or thought of as like a sexy destination for NBA as, as far as NBA cities go. But um, I think, yeah, just like the last thing I really have on the Rust piece, too, is just if you look at it, and think about him signing for five years. I mean, I would put Russ as far as the same category as LeBron and those guys. It's like he's one of those type of dudes that guys would want to go play with. Now, I mean, you make the argument with him, it's a little different than LeBron, like his style. Um, so I, I, for, for me, like looking at how Russ plays with Paul George and Melo is I'm going to have a lot of focus on him this year just because 
if those dudes do end up leaving, they're going to have space to, to bring in some other stars. So he has to really, I think, more so than anyone, show he can incorporate those guys and play well with them. Uh, I, I think Paul George, he's going to fit in well with, with Russ. I think they're, he, he is probably the closest player in the league right now as far as size and, and just his style to what Kevin Durant does. Um, for a chance, so I mean, I don't think that'll be too tough for Russ. But um, how they incorporate Melo, like that third piece, I, I think is important because at this point in the league, you need three stars. So who would be the third guy that would feel you know kind of in the Chris Posh, Kevin Love type of role if if you did have like a different big three formation in in the for OKC in a couple of years. Well, I mean, I don't like Russ. Russ is hmm. Russ is not an un or Russ is not a selfish guy. So I think that he's get. I think he's gonna no. fit in just fine with those two guys. But but when you play the way they played last year, like it's kind of. I mean, I think it's not gonna be an issue of him turning back. But it's just, and it was even before that when KD left. Like there was he. Russ got criticized just for like how he plays and some of that. And I think I don't think everyone in the league is down to necessarily play with that. I think some guys are you know want to be the star, so you really need to find those dudes that are probably you know have that talent but are, are willing to kind of be the number two. Like you just gotta find some really talented dudes that want to win but are also good with being a number two and like recognize yeah, and that Mello's piece, which. Mello's There's a lot of guys Mello's like that have still. To be okay, with being the number three here. That's the key. Yeah, I, I. So I think I, I'm going to be optimistic about because I think, in how it will shape out is like Melo's gonna enjoy hopefully, like scoring at a. The same clip, but it, like the shots are gonna feel easier, kind of like what the Warriors said to. Uh, KD coming, like, you're going to be able to get your same numbers. It's just going to be easier. So I kind of hope for Melo's sake, like, that does happen. And he's in on it, and they can be competitive. And, like, they're, pro- they're like, the, one of the teams I'm the most hyped about uh, by far. Like, top three teams I'm, like, ready to suck up as much of their, their games as possible this year. Um, so yeah, we'll see, but I, I'm happy. I think it's cool that Russ stays and it's big for the NBA to like, to keep that OKC market, keep that team relevant. Um, so overall, I think everyone, everyone wins by Russ staying at OKC for the most part. I would agree with that. And let's, let's move on to the last extension. The last big extension from this last week is, uh, was obviously Gary Harris, uh, a little bit smaller of an extension, but still, uh, four years, eighty plus million, uh, base base in the seventies. Wow. Yeah. Small. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like seventy. But uh, man, I wish I could be an NBA shooting guard. I've been getting between him, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Like some, well, some I'd say pretty above average ish. I mean, I mean Gary Harris, like I like. A lot. I mean, shout out to the Gar Packs for sending him with uh, Nurkic over for uh, Doug, Doug yeah. McDermott. But uh, you're welcome, Denver fans. Um, but like, when I look at it, I'm like, all right, like that's cool. Like that's good. I mean, obvi- I like you would assume that the Nuggets and I, like based on the some of the reports came out of it, like for him to get the four, full eighty four. He'd have to like make some first team NBAs, like defensive teams and stuff. But um, I mean, it definitely pays to be like the one guy on a team that's like very much focused on offense, like the one perimeter defender on that type of team. I mean, because Gary Harris is probably their third scoring option right now. So him, uh, I'd put him as their second. Him getting that month, me? I think I think Yo. I mean. Over Millsap, he's their number one scoring option, dude. Gary yeah. Harris? No. Jokic is going to get his 17, 18 points a game. I don't think he's necessarily. Yeah, but the offense is going to run through Jokic, dude. No, he's. So it depends. It, de- it no depends one is giving Gary Harris the ball to it depends score. What your, like 
what you mean by number one option here, man. If you mean like he's going to lead them in scoring, I would say that Gary Harris has a really good chance of leading the Nuggets in scoring. Oh, fine, but I don't consider that number okay, one option. Fair that, enough. All right. No, I wouldn't. I'm considering like who's the guy like. I don't think Gary Harris at any point is going to be like the guy they're going to give the ball to at the end of the game to make a game-winning shot. And I also don't think he's going to be at any point the ball is going to be in, on offense is going to be running through him. I think he's a nice complimentary yeah. player. You know, I, whatever. Like, so, I mean, giving that money is like nice. I mean, they're obviously hoping he ascends and, and really does, you know, be a, a – you know, and from their perspective, I, they were a top ten two way player. Like that's perfect for that money. Um, but yeah, I mean they're young, and it's just it's that team is really interesting just because they've uh, this off season like they're committing to this core of dudes um, hard, and like the Jokic piece will be fun next season because basically the options they've got with him is they can. Uh, not they can they either can accept his option and it'll be like 1.5 million it'll be like the cheapest player on their team i don't think that's happening um, well they do the 1.5 and they stay under the tax but then the idea that like uh good faith they're gonna sign him after yeah, and max Jokic, him at that point and Jokic give him his money piss well the other option is you decline his option next year he becomes a restricted free agent and you bite it then, because someone's but like someone's gonna max him. So which is yeah, but um, I mean in that case he gets paid earlier. Everybody like he's a lot happier. You he's gonna be on your squad anyway. If you if you pick up that option, he's gonna be unrestricted going into the next season. So you right. don't want that. You like, but I would be shocked if he went somewhere out because like that team's like built around him so much. Like they're I think they're going to focus on him. And he's got to know that. I mean, but yeah, who knows? I mean that, but that's like the the real tricky thing they're gonna have to play with now. Like with what they've set up, is there they are gonna be close to and be bumping up against that that tax number. So um, how they manage that piece, but that team really needs to move Fareed. Also, I don't know how they do it uh, without packaging a pick or something along along with them. But yeah, I mean they're um, definitely. You know they they're young, like him. they're Definitely super young. Him without they're a pick with them. Yeah, but I mean, it, you know, in a lot of ways, I have to give that Denver front office, you know, give them credit because it's it is a fun group, like it is a fun core. I don't know what it really ends up turning out to be, but um, I think if you're a fan of that team, like they've decided they've come into a core that's young, has potential, and is fun right now, and like. They can score a lot, and like that's never gets old watching that. So, um, you know, from looking at it like that, I mean, if I was a, a Nuggets fan, I'd be hyped at least. Like you're gonna have a fun product on the court. I don't know if they're gonna be a playoff team yet, or if they're they're gonna be able to compete there in the, a tough West. But um, certainly was was one of those extensions. You're like, all right, I mean, that, that's nice. I just I didn't think Gary Harris was gonna be getting that kind of money. To be honest, well, a year ago it didn't make sense, but now it makes a little more sense with ha- seeing all the other con. Even after last year, I don't. know. I mean, but they gave Mason money. I mean, they're, yeah, they've they've shelled out yeah, a lot of cash. Guys like Gorgie Diang for the Timberwolves is making. They he got signed for a four year, sixty four million dollar extension. You know, you're tacking right. ten million onto this, and this is a guy that could potentially you're hoping is turning into a twenty point plus scorer and just more of a three and D guy, which is. You know, other than having a stretch five with rim protection is about as coveted as you get in today's NBA. So, like, I, I mean, I get it. I'm, I think it's great. I think it's a great Dude, signing. Just... The, the argument against this is that the Nugs just have so much depth at the two already. That, like, if you let... Yeah, I, but they kind of do, but... considering uh, Murray a one or a two now. I mean, I think Murray's got to be their one. Like, I think like it makes the most sense that your back your backcourt is Murray and Gary Harris starting. Um, I don't know. I mean, my one thing with this this Nuggets team is I, I still I like look at that core and I mean you could be fine with this. Like, I'm not gonna rain on your parade, but 
like this current core, I feel like if they hit their potentials, like they're gonna cap out to be uh, like the sixty win twenty fifteen Hawks team, which could be fun. Like I just, I don't know if you have that dynamic player on this team. Um, I mean, Jokic could be that dude in a lot of ways, but um, well, it's just like you need you need a like you those need, other you pieces need around a top it. Five it's just guy now to even really have a chance. Top yeah, like ten, eight ish dude. Yeah. And I mean, not there maybe he, maybe one day he is. But like he'd have to ascend to that. Yeah, like he has to. He's their best chance to ascend to be like a top ten player. And then they're like a. Then I think they they take the step where they wouldn't be the Hawks. But right now you could have a bunch of like if they end up with this core like and they they keep progressing out like you could almost look and say, well maybe they're gonna have like eight dudes in the top like a hundred like they'll have eight dudes between 20 and a hundred and like that's great but then you know who gets the ball at the end of the of a game now, or whatnot and, and not who only gets that shut but down. when you're going up against the top teams in the league uh when you're going up against the spurs the warriors the right yeah, Kawhi I mean, leonard Giannis in the future lebron do you have a guy that can go toe to toe with him a guy that can guard him um if you, or, yeah. or options <laughs> to don't. guard him, and this team really doesn't. Like, Wilson Chandler's nice. I like Wilson Chandler. I think he's a really good role player. Um, he's solid. But if you're, I mean, if, if you're rolling him out to yeah. go against LeBron in the playoffs, like, you're just not going to win that series. There's no way. And if you're, it, it, same goes with Kawhi. Same goes with all those kinds of wings that are just incredible, both sides of the ball. And unfortunately, Jokic just isn't playing the same position as those guys, and he doesn't—he is not impacting right. the game as much as they are. Uh, but you know what? The Jokic hasn't peaked yet. I don't think anyone thinks he's nah. peaked. So we just got to see what what kind of player. What, no, he's twenty-two. Yeah, what he's kind of player is he going to be? You know, it, it's it's not inconceivable for him to be averaging twenty-seven, twelve, and eight. Like that's that's in the cards wow. for Jokic. Um, oh, he like, totally is. I mean, no, uh, and that's like that's the thing. Like where you you get in this gray area with these M- with the NBA, where it's this just championship or nothing type thing. Like, I don't think it necessary. And that's like the answer we don't have really yet. But in my opinion, like I don't think it's a bad thing to commit to like a bunch of guys that you like who who have performed well, and it's like a fun fun team i mean if you're putting a product that people like on the court at least like i i can't i can't hate on the the nuggets for committing that and like since this team has so much upside like it, it's worth the you know roll with it and maybe you can trade a couple of those pieces and, and bring in that top eight dude at, at some point i mean they've i will say like this the nuggets have at least been in like a lot of these conversations for some of these bigger name guys the last couple years, I mean, they were trying to look at possibly get Paul George in the off season too. I mean, like, certain so those talks. Um, so you know, maybe they they just they're retaining enough, and they end up doing like a making a move at some point, just right place, right time. Like you know, look at what Boston. Like that's kind of what I almost like the Boston Atlanta Hawks situation, where it's like they're a really good regular season team, they're really good, but everyone knows like they wouldn't. This current core just couldn't actually compete for a championship if that makes sense even like projecting yeah, them out right, like i'm saying like right now they now. a few things could happen with them and, and let's hit on this and let's move on they uh they have enough pieces they definitely could make a trade um so i don't know if that means that someone becomes available near the trade deadline this year um i don't know what player it, it is but they hope that a wing a really good wing becomes available that they can snag uh, for, you know, Malik Beasley is going to have a really tough time getting him minutes, or maybe you're willing to part with Will Barton. Um, Mm -hmm. They have some picks, I believe. Definitely willing to be... They're definitely willing to part with Fareed. Yeah. Probably Moutier. Yeah, Moutier is on the table. Uh, Leiden, I would be surprised if he's off the table because you have... Him, Lyles, and Wancho that you got to figure that out, that whole thing out. Um, you know, they just have so many players there. A lot of prospects that 
you know, I like I. There's not one of those guys that we just, that I just mentioned besides Fareed that I don't like. I think Malik Beasley has showed a, a ton of promise coming into the NBA. Um, he's a little raw right now, but like, he's he's not worth he's not not worth taking a chance on. So I I mean maybe maybe they make a trade, but that or they have to get lucky with the draft pick going forward. Because you're right, they. They need yep. another piece there, and the other the other thing too is that uh, uh, they're going to be capped out here soon. As soon as they pay Jokic, and then um, yep. Millsap Millsap's going to be there for two or three years, and then he's he's probably done, or he's signing a cheap contract to stay with them. But he's not going to be the same version of what we're seeing now. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's a concise way to, to, to wrap up this this so let's move thing. on to um let's we you know we haven't talked about the calves yet we always talk about the calves so we gotta get our little calves singing we're a very so, calves uh, heavy pod d gonna be talking. starting k love might be at the five well i think k love is starting the five which i like that move was that announced officially um, that they're planning on starting him at the five I mean, Ty Lue said, yeah, that's like probably that's what they're going to rock okay. with to start the year. I like it too. Um, and then he said that, yeah, I like that move. I think you have to try that as far as a team. As far as the, the, the Cavs go, they need to try something like putting Kevin Love in there because I think this finals showed that their rotation, what they were doing, and Tristan did not play well in the finals and was not able to – contribute really at all on offense and that hurt them and they really capped out so at least trying this rotation with Kevin Love in the center spot gives you a chance to at least add some potential to your offensive abilities and and taking that point I would then say that by starting Dwayne Wade over J.R. Smith you've now limited that once again because there's no shooting now in this, this starting lineup until Isaiah comes back. Um, and really, in my opinion, Dwayne Wade, without Isaiah, is probably the Cavs' second-best ball handler. So in my opinion, why wouldn't you have that guy run and the offense go through him when LeBron's not on the court and with that second unit, and you have J.R. Smith at least playing with LeBron? And I, like I, people don't give J.R. enough love. I think he got some at points. In the finals two years ago, not as much last year, but like Jr. has definitely stepped up as far as a defender goes in a lot of ways, um, and like can hold his own. And, and with LeBron, I mean, just the team defense they play and, and everything, like, I think that helps too. But I need some shooting around LeBron to start out, and like Jr. is that guy, and he's also just, I mean, he's the the dude that just if he gets hot like you just keep feeding him the ball um no matter what but i just i i think it really limits you if you put Dwayne Wade in that starting and i think a lot of it just start the year and him just being you know future hall of famer lebron's best friend whatever i you know maybe it's just like a ceremonious like start to the year he's going to i would be shocked if it you end the year and like that he would still be starting um but you know, we'll see. I mean, maybe with Isaiah, it's a different look. Like, that makes more sense. But to start the year, and, like, you're going to have Derek, him, and, and, like, LeBron, Jay Crowder, and, and Kevin Love, there is no shoot. Like, there is no shooting on that the floor uh, at that point. Um, I mean, Kevin Love's probably the best shooter on that team. <laughs> like, that those five, really, like, consistently in some ways. But, I mean, him and LeBron are probably even. In, in some way, and, and when you look at just the shooting aspect, but um, yeah, I the Dwayne Wade thing was kind of puzzling to me because I was I immediately when the, he signed there, I was buying in on like, oh well, this this will be a really nice like because Dwayne Wade did handle the ball for the Bulls. I mean, he did some of the Heat his last year there too, like run through it. Like he's a good ball handler, and I think he he's got the basketball IQ enough to to run an offense for five minutes in a, in a half or you know, eight minutes, whatever the stretch Yeah, no, may I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that D-Wade makes a ton of sense to be coming off the bench. Um, it, this is more of a 
I think this is an ego thing. I think this is a conversation that D Wade is coming probably had with the organization before he ever came to Cleveland and that is oh, I'm gonna come but I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be coming off the bench. Uh, it's kind of the same thing that like they asked the question to Melo and it's just like instantly shot down like nah not not coming off the bench. I'm Dwayne Wade, I'm Lebr- or I'm I'm Melo I'm, I'm not gonna come off the bench. Because JR, JR, no, you don't, like, you don't have to I, convince me, man. I think it makes a ton of sense for JR to be starting, to have another shooter, to space the floors, and then also stagger things a little bit so the D Wade isn't sharing the floor as much in LeBron. You could still have them share crunch time if if you want, and put three other shooters on the floor. Like you, you can make that happen. I don't um, but it, yeah. it, to have LeBron, who's not a great three point shooter with D Rose and Dwayne Wade who are not good three point shooters. You know, K Love at the five and then I'm assuming, well, LeBron playing the four maybe here and then Jay Crowder starting as well. Like it's not like you have no shooting, but LeBron, I mean, we saw it last year. This is like one of the best three point shooting teams in the history of the NBA when you put guys that can hit knock knock it down and they have plenty of guys yeah, that can do it too, is the other thing. They have guys that can shoot, but yeah, I mean uh, I would just be interesting to see how they do those rotations. But, like, yeah, is this just, like, Dwayne Wade, like, kind of just being like, oh, I still got some, and he's just, like, not willing to give that up because, like, he's going to have to come to that realization that, that, like, he's... Or it's LeBron saying that he wants D-Wade in the starting lineup, or it's T-Lou just being... Yeah, that's what T. I think Lou it is more. I feel like it's got to be yeah, more but of that. It, Yeah, I don't... I, because, like, at some point, Dwayne Wade's going to have to say, like, yeah, man, I just, I'm 36, you know, whatever. I, I just can't do that as much. Like, I can't play as many minutes. Like, we all know that. Like, his minutes went down. But, um, and, like, if he's not going to do it on this Cavs team that's going to be trying to go to the finals and he's not willing to say, yeah, you know, I'll be a, I'll be the sixth man on this team, like, he's not going to do that. Like, it's just, and then that hurts him, I feel like long term be like oh if we signed away we have to start him we have to do this stuff like we have to pretend in front like this dude is him from you know five years ago you know seven years ago at this point uh i just that's the part that baffles me like i thought it just was like a natural okay Dwayne Wade's coming here for the minute like he's gonna kind of take on this six-man role that's dope like he will i think do really well on that that kind of a, a situation um but yeah maybe it's the lebron security blanket maybe he starts it and like he's the first guy out and jr comes in plays a little and then like Dwayne Wade comes back you know whatever we'll, we'll see Better. what they're up doing but just on paper like initial i just maybe i was like oh really like come on guys games, though man you know like he yeah you're true i mean that's i mean he might be playing yeah. I think he'll play 50 but games. I think we hit on this. 50 him. seems about right. Uh, uh, so that means yeah. JR is coming in yeah. and starting another 30, 32 games. Uh, but whatever's yeah. working best going in the playoffs is what they're rolling with. And, um, hey, I – Yeah. If LeBron if LeBron came I think when the season, season LeBron but... was knocking down 45% of his threes, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, and that kind of well. changed – that kind of – Jesus, that, that would scare the shit out of me. So we got that'd be so scary. What version we're gonna? They, this team has changed so much this off season. It's just really difficult to say yeah. what it's gonna look like. Yeah, I just, I just mean like in my mind, like it just would be wild if by the time you know we're we're having these conversations in April, if he's we're talking about Dwayne Wade is still starting, like in matching up against you know whoever they're they're oh, going yeah, up against no, in the playoffs, so. Um, let's yeah. uh, <laughs> let's move on to. I want to talk about the All Star game, and then I think we got a little Michael Beasley chatter because something would happen this week, and I'm not sure what it was exactly. Uh, but so uh, two yeah, changes, we, we or one change coming from the All Star game that kind of sparked another conversation throughout the league as well. That some people have been advocating for since this off season is a the All Star games format changed a little bit instead of having East versus West. It's going to have uh, top two or the top vote getter in each conference is going to pick the team, and you're not you don't you're not segmented uh, by conference. Yeah, so you can just pick whoever you want. Well, 
Well, so fans get a vote still, right, for the starting. Basically, they get, like, the, yeah, the starting group or whatever, or, like, the top ten dudes, like, the fans vote on. Top two are picking, though. And, yeah, they get a pick between whoever. So, basically, Adam Silver um, went to LeBron and was like, hey, man, you know, maybe you don't have to try to do this whole banana boat thing. What if I let you and your buddies play together in the All-Star game? Is a concession. Uh, I think that's the real play here. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's like whatever. I don't like other leagues have done this. Like NHL has done this. Other um, NFL has done this, even with the Pro Bowl. Like, I think it's fine. Like, I think it's just these. The last two or three years, while I still watch and it's still entertaining, there's just no competitiveness to it. And I think that this will. Well, yeah. Well, they are playing for charities. Right? The winning team gets like a mil- what is a million dollars. They donate to like their charity of choice or something. So that part's cool. Maybe you'll see a little bit more. But man, just all star games in general, I just feel like are super outdated for the current. I mean, just like current sports fans. Like, I just don't feel like people are into them as much, and the guys that are playing in them don't take them as seriously. Um. And just in general, but I mean, if it's something that spices things up, I mean, it does play into like these fantasy team type of mentality and just like, and helps to kind of just, oh, like it'd be cool to see LeBron and uh, yeah, you just, James you Harden playing on the same team, you know, whatever the case may be. Would. Cool. I, I mean, what's not to like? I mean, I mean yeah. if, the, if it is terrible this year, they'll change it up again. And. <laughs> And the and East would have gotten crushed if they kept it that way. Unless, it would have been Giannis and LeBron those three guys and John Wall. And Kyrie, unless those four-ish guys are playing and, uh, yeah. 40 minutes apiece, it was just not going to happen. Uh, and then the other big thing that came from this is, well, if we're eliminating conferences for the All-Star game, are we going to eliminate conferences when it comes to playoff seating? And word on the street is that it's not off the table to eventually do so which um i think i i just don't like i i get the whole precedent argument i get that um i get that you know maybe you have to structure the uh regular season schedule to accommodate something like this to make everyone playing everyone else a more similar number of times but they uh the fact of the matter is that it just is ridiculous if you have a team like a few years ago was particularly bad when the Suns won I think like 46 47 games it might have even been 48 games and uh, missed the playoffs in the west but then the east I think they had someone that made it with 40 wins and that just that doesn't sit right with me um, if you if it's something that you can easily accommodate and just have seedings handled differently like why not do it just the top 16 teams make it and uh you seed one versus 16 two through 15 etc yeah i mean divisions conferences i feel like are just pretty outdated um speaking of outdated things too like yeah um it does help scheduling wise and i think regular season like they should still i guess keep them in a way to uh help at least for yeah just the schedule of the games and just travel on these guys i think that piece of it really does help um but from a playoff perspective yeah i want the the best teams to play and if it ends up being that more of those teams are um in the west than there are in the east like that sounds me like i would not be surprised in some way when i've thought about it is that though i feel like the nba would do this type of thing where maybe they give like they keep the conference it'd be like oh the top four teams in each conference like they are locks and then like the eight are wild card or whatever it's just gonna be the next best eight or something like that so there's some sort of incentive there because um, you know, you do look at it in some ways. I mean, I think teams would still try to be get home court and you know, based on seating and all that, try to figure it out. But um, 
I do kind of feel like, yeah, if you gave him some sort of incentive where, like, hey, you guys will be on this side, and then it's, you know, whatever, however they would structure it. But I feel like they would still kind of keep the conferences a little bit in some way or another um, to at least, like, keep some intrigue there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm down for it. Because, yeah, like I said, like, if there's a, a team in the – West, you know, there's a nine team in the West that's better than the six team in the East. Like, yeah, bring it on. Like, I'm yeah, good with that. I, I hope this ends up happening. Although, I think that it's probably two or three years away from happening if it was to happen. That's a big change. Yeah, I mean, it would also, I mean, it would make things like fun. I mean, from storyline, yeah, just you wouldn't get these same recycled stories and, um, Certainly, I mean, when you project out, it's like, and you're just looking at these these teams overall and how they're projecting out. Like, we do talk a lot about it in, in the context of conferences. And it's like, oh, the Cavs are a lock. Well, for the East, yeah, well, if it's it's a mix, like, you don't know who what the matches are going to be. Um, you almost, in some ways, play into that March Madness appeal uh, that college basketball still has by just it being kind of a random collection of teams that are matched up against each other and now they're playing neutral sites so um but there's enough i mean there's just enough like travels is is so much better now than it was when the league started and even like what it where it was like 20 years ago i i think it would make sense and if you got a situation where you had like a team on the west coast having to play a team on the east coast maybe you just use common sense and you give them an extra day right. like whatever like yeah. okay there we'll just do that and then figure it out. Work in the league to not be able to figure to like leave a stupid reason like that to be the exactly reason why you don't make a change. But uh, we're uh, we should close up shop here soon, quick, Peach. But uh, so a lot of a lot of videos going around with Michael Beasley. I don't even think it was this last week, but the week before. I don't know what happened. Uh, tell me, what what the hell was going on? He had, had some weird interview with with a reporter, like. What is he doing? Yeah, all right. Well, before I do that, I just do need to give a little call out to get something else off my, my chest. Um, so if you if you follow any of the NBA internet, you do know one thing about it that's that's been some of a staple, and it's I don't personally agree with all of his things, like probably 90% of the things he posts, but like Gilbert Arenas has just been like one of those dudes who just flames people on – Instagram on Twitter is, is things like No Chill Gill and all of that. Um, and I just, I felt like a little bit of my childhood, you know, whatever, my, my naiveness about the NBA, but he posted something yesterday about uh, in Mia Khalifa. Those know her not, former uh, porn star. Now she's just like a social media uh presence and influencer um but she's like infamous her bit is just i mean she'll just flame dudes like a bunch of athletes that'll always slide in her dms um so yesterday michael or uh john wall or jesus different not gilbert Arenas posted this this picture of <laughs> no different wizards former wizards point guard uh gilbert Arenas posted this thing and like this ratchet uh caption with it but like Mia Khalifa sliding his DMs being like hey you want to get drinks and I'm in LA I don't know anyone and post this wild thing like she kind of got torched for it um which was wrong as shit like they were just like giving her crap um but it was like kind of one of those things oh we got you Mia like you you flame all these dudes like Joelle I know like tried to hit her up and bunch of dudes but then today they announced like they're doing some sports show with Complex, and it's like, oh, this was just a PR stunt. Like this is so corny and fake and dumb, and uh, it just kind of shattered my, you know, the sanctity of things. So now like Ben Gordon's moved up one more peg in the former NBA social media power rankings. But if he ends up, he's trying to plug something himself, and that weird ass Twitter just isn't genuine. That would make me upset. His weird ass Instagram just was some sort of play on something so yeah it was just a really 
bummed about that today. I was just like, this is so yeah, I mean, stupid I didn't hear and corny. Anything, and anything about this, but it is pretty stupid. It's just like, all right, like, so we're just like, everything's just going to be like some sort of stunt or some sort of whatever. I mean, so in like Mia Khalifa today, this is my one plea. I just, I, she like tweeted something like at Joel and B was like, oh, we sincerely love to have you on the show sometime. Like Joel, if anyone knows Joel, like. Stand strong. Be the the true savior for for NBA Twitter comedy, and just like don't don't get into this PR stunt with them. Let them do their thing. Like you're bigger than this. Like you don't need to subject yourself to this low rent kind of garbage. Like if the show ends up being good and like blows up, then you go on it. But don't don't subscribe to this. Don't let this girl who you know trashed you and put you out there like. Just don't play into this like cheap ass corny shit they're doing right now. But speaking of another dude that's completely genuine and nothing nothing corny about this man keeps it a hundred percent real all the time. Our good friend Michael Beasley, who I'm very excited for Nick's Michael Beasley. I was bummed he's leaving the, he left the Bucks. But I think this year we are going to have a lot of fun with He's Michael Beasley on the Knicks. Uh, mellow from the left um, side of the court, man. What's not to love? Uh, yeah, well, so that plays into what this was. So um, Michael Beasley was quoted as saying, and let's all know. So before I read this, Ultra has not read the, or seen this quote. I don't know how. I'm a little concerned about how much he's on the internet was, and what he's consuming. But Ultra missed this quote. Um, so we're going to get his live reaction. I'm assuming a lot of the people that are listening have seen this quote, but still you get to hear our takes and Ultra's live uh, instant reactions to this quote. But Michael Beasley was said, as far as talent-wise, I match up with Kevin Durant, LeBron. I match up with the best guys in the world. I'm not being cocky. It's just always how I felt. But I got in trouble as soon as I got into the NBA and left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So ultra, Michael. What do you on, think about man. that statement? I mean, like I, this is a guy that I've always really, really liked. Michael Beasley. I remember watching him at K State, and he was unbelievable. Uh, but has he ever even? Has he even ever averaged twenty points over the course of a season? He is not average twenty points. He's. Not even average twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, a couple I, dude, of years. don't get me wrong. I think, um, I think Beasley gets buckets. Like, he's a great scorer. He's an he's an above yeah. average NBA scorer, which is saying something. But don't put yourself in the same conversations as Kevin Durant. You're like you, over the course of your career, you have averaged twelve point six points. Basketballreference.com. I, I made my way there. Twelve point six points a game. He almost had nineteen. With the yeah, C-Bucks I mean that's just in twenty ten. Wow. wow, that's not bad. Dude, I mean, I you know, I kind of thought, uh, yo, I mean, the thing is, like, well, he also said this thing. I was like talking about. T- I was on the Taylor uh, Rooks podcast where I was like, you know, the, the guy that you know, the, the scientific facts that we only use ten percent of our brains, but. You know, the guy that figured that out, he was using 11% of his brain. Uh, that's how he realized it. It was just, like, super woke moment. Um, so I just want Michael Beasley to, one, I hope he puts up a ton of points. I hope he does score 20 points this year for the Knicks because yeah, I don't know who it. else is going to score for them. Uh, and I also would ask that uh, he continue to say this wild-ass stuff and... Uh, continues to, um, yeah, just soak up this media attention. I hope he's just a big old bag of quotes for, you know, personal reasons for us on this podcast to talk about it, and also just from an NBA entertainment perspective, I would really enjoy that. Oh, boy. Well, I'm not sure if that was more or less ridiculous than I thought it was going to be, but nonetheless, very entertaining for Michael Beasley. Uh, and He's such a Nick. This is this is gonna be a great season. But we are, like I said, the pod one week away. Uh, we're gonna try to squeeze a pod in. Hopefully next Monday. Uh, we're gonna be in KC this weekend, so gonna be getting back later on on Sunday. 
So try to get another podcast on Monday, a little season preview, hit up, uh, talk about some of the games we have next week. It's Tuesday. We are, we're not easing our way into this season. It's Boston, Cleveland right away, and I can't wait to talk about it. Yerp. We're going to have ourselves uh, quite the start. And then we'll even be able to give you a little uh, Bucks, gonna Bucks Cavs action. It's going to be confirmed on. Yeah, we're going to be live reporting yeah, from so that for you, you, uh, you folks. If our internet connection is not t- trustworthy at home, it's definitely not going to be trustworthy in the new arena there in Milwaukee. But uh, <laughs> let's... Oh, damn. No, it's still the old one this year. I thought we were going to the new one. Damn. I need to to do a little more research. I'm becoming an NBA expert again. Hey, this is is our preseason tune-up, guys. We're going to be ready to roll next week. Um, I've been been working all off-season. I'm in in regular season form right now. I'm ready to go. All the medical advances the 2017 offer. I'm still showing up in a camp. 10, 10 pounds overweight. I'm, gonna, I'm still working my way back into shape. I'll start Instagram. I'll start doing Instagram stories of me doing my NBA research, and then rapping different song to different rap songs and subtweeting Ultra's lack of commitment. Ultra, you're either with this podcast or you're against it. You either have fit in or fit out. Don't. Whatever LeBron says. Whatever. Yeah. But, you and, know well, what? you can you can see all those. Whatever LeBron says. PJ uh, researching. Oh yeah! Shout out to LeBron for finally publicly his little Instagram story. Speaking of it, of him coming oh, confessing also- his baldness, wanting to Velcro his beard under his head because Dwayne Wade's got better hair plug, than him. Uh, Shea Serrano's new book came out today, and Shea's the man. So basketball and other things. Go buy that if you haven't already um and uh give us a follow yep. give us give us a follow Shades on man. on twitter we'd certainly appreciate uh those five star reviews apple uh apple podcast i've got updated five star reviews are easier than ever to give so hit us up on on that and uh we'll talk to all of you